0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Mayflower, where we believe faith is a journey, God is good, Jesus saves, and the Spirit leads us toward faith, hope, and love as we honor the dignity of all God's children. We're so glad you're here with us. Whether you're here in the sanctuary or our live stream family, welcome, welcome. Please sign the friendship register if you find it on the aisle. Pass it along. For those of you joining virtually, there's also a e-registry that we'd love for you to fill out. And this morning, if you look in your pew rack, you should see a prayer card. If you want to fill that in with a praise or a prayer request, the ushers will collect those during the middle hymn. We would love to pray with you and for you, whether it's this morning in the service or throughout the week, we can put you on our prayer email list. I also will recognize that probably many of you came in with heavy hearts this morning about what's happening around the world, so we will remember uh, those suffering in our prayers this morning, too. So our humanity and mortality are very real. We're reminded of that when we watch the news, hear the news. Uh, we also recognize that on Ash Wednesday, so Lent is beginning this Wednesday. We will have a service for Ash Wednesday at 6 o'clock here in the Sanctuary. I hope you all received a Mayflower newsletter in the mail. It has lots of details about what's coming up for Lent. If you did not receive one, they are available in the Narthex. Well, on a very positive note, I'm going to announce two very special projects that are happening here at Mayflower. Can you hear me? <laughs> one of them is a new audiovisual uh, service here, or system here at the church. The other is a renovation of our church parlor. There has been some water damage, and there's some electrical work that needs to be done, so the parlor is going to be beautified. Both of these projects are outside of the church budget, so we need to raise those funds from all of you. So if you are passionate about hearing well or hearing well here in the sanctuary and want to give to that project, that would be wonderful. If you have a special connection with our parlor and would like to see that renovated, refreshed, we're calling it, um, details about those two projects are on the back of your bulletin. And I'm going to welcome next our church moderator, Susan Jones, with some exciting news.
1: Good morning. And good morning, everybody online. It's wonderful to sort of see you, too. (laughs) Um, Over the past few months, our Mayflower Bylaws Committee has done a tremendous job reviewing our bylaws. Many thanks to Phil Idema, Chris Wilson, Harold Montgomery, and Bob Skilton for their work. As you know, being interested in bylaws and going in-depth, with bylaws takes a special kind of person and we found four. We're very fortunate. This document had not been updated for a decade but now the committee has completed its review. The new bylaws document was passed unanimously by council on February 22nd and it's now time to present it to you. Ruth asked me if I was going to read the bylaws. No, I am not. Don't worry. <laughs> um, As you know, our bylaws call for three announcements from the lectern on consecutive Sundays before a congregational meeting is held. The readings are today, next week, March 6th, and the day that the meeting is held, which will be Sunday, March 13th. The vote will take place immediately after our service on that day. This week, the proposed bylaws will be mailed to all church members with revisions indicated in red. When you review the bylaws, please take time to ask questions before March 13th. My email and cell phone number as your moderator will be included in the mailing. I will be happy to answer your questions or refer them to the bylaws committee. Thank you.
2: The music today was picked to fit uh, what's new in 22 a new vision and um, as things change in our world sometimes more obvious things come into light when you didn't imagine when you picked that music so um, today being the Sunday of transformation um, the closing hymn, Lord, transform us as you were transformed, or transfigure us, transfiguration. Um, but then the prelude today, when Aaron brought that to me, I thought, oh, what a beautiful, I love John Williams' music, and the, that music from Schindler's List is so emotive and so wonderful. And then when war breaks out in Europe, you wonder, well, why Why are we listening to that today? So, let that speak to you and and bring some hope and comfort in these trying times. Also, um, the postlude that I picked is not the typical big, loud, ta-da, here we go out into the world. Because of it being transfiguration, it is this more ethereal, gentle piece. And again, this week, I was struck by how it made sense that today we would have a postlude like that. And the um, choir anthem, uh, uh, John Rutter always writes such wonderful music, music that's easy to take in, music that's easy to assimilate. Um, This was written in 2016. It's part of a larger work, a four-movement work for choir and strings. And from that, we extracted the closing movement um, that talks about the vision of a new Jerusalem the vision of eternal peace which again strikes me as so relevant today and the piece ends with the chant blessed Jerusalem um, and the final chord is on the dominant if you're a musician you know what that means if you're not a musician just know that it ends kind of in suspension without a resolution maybe as an indication of this wish for a peace that is eternal.
0: If you have your bulletin, please look at the call to worship on page two, and let's read that responsively. Lord, you have called us to the mountaintop. Help us to look forward to where you would have us go. Help us to listen carefully to the words of your healing love. Open to be transformed. May we place our trust in you, Lord, now and always. Lord, we have come here to give our lives to you. Amen. Let us pray together. Holy One, as we study your transfiguration this morning, invite us into our own transformation. May we continue to be transformed as a community of believers, and as individuals, may we be drawn to be more like you. Help us to listen. Help us to pay attention. May we not miss what you have in store for us as we grow in our love and knowledge of you.
2: Amen.
3: I'd like to invite all the other children worshiping with us to come forward for the children's message at this time. While they're coming forward, parents, we are beginning our children and youth Lent journey this morning. You should have received in the mail a trifold, and in the trifold we are following Joel Tannis' book, of the 40 gospels with the different lessons and the meditations. Those can be purchased and found in the atrium if you would like to follow along at home. We are very excited that probably next Sunday we will be hosting Joel Tanis's original artwork here at Mainflower. He called one day and he said, "Would you like my original paintings to display during Lent?" And we enthusiastically said yes. So today and every day of Lent on Sunday, you will see in your, bu- in your bulletin table talk questions. These are questions for you to take home with you and throughout the week to talk with your kids around the table about the different lessons that they are learning during Lent. So we hope that you find all of this helpful and wonderful and um, these times very special with you and your children. Good morning, friends. How are you? Good. Good. So after you leave for Sunday school, we read scripture and there's a sermon. And today's scripture and sermon are super important. So I wanted to go over them with you this morning before you head to Sunday school. So when the girls come up and they read scripture, they are going to talk about a time when Jesus took three of his disciples up a huge high mountain. And all of a sudden, as they're walking up the mountain, this voice comes down, and it's God. And God is talking to Jesus, and all of a sudden, Jesus begins to glow, and then Moses and Elijah show up. Moses and Elijah were dead, and they showed up in front of the disciples and Jesus. So one of the disciples, Peter, he's like, hey, I have a good idea. Let's make a monument Because this is such a cool and amazing thing. And so while he's trying to tell Jesus about this monument that he wants to make, all of a sudden a cloud comes down. And the moment's done. And Peter missed it. Because he was trying to make a monument. Can I tell you, these days we have a monument that we use a lot. And you guys probably don't have the monument yet. But there will come a time when you're old enough to have one of these. We even make pants that have special pockets for our monuments. Can you guess what it is? It's a cell phone. Our cell phones have become our monuments. Because often when we go to a special thing or we're watching something that's amazing, what do we do? We pull out. Cell phones. Now, they can be awesome and they can capture wonderful things, but they're small. This cutout is the size of a cell phone. So I want you each to take one. Okay, friends, so you all have your own cell phone. So we love seeing everyone here this morning on Sunday morning. So we are going to take a special picture of everyone here at church. So hold up your cell phones. Do you see, you see some people? Oh, wait, I can't get everyone. I need to go this way now. Can you get every, Julie, you have to hold your paper away like we do with our phones. Can anyone get everybody all at the same time? Well, if you hold your phones out, you can't. So now everyone take your phones down. Now, can you see everybody? You can. And that is where we sometimes are missing it when we use our phones or different things that they we've missed the what's really right in front of us so hopefully when you guys get to that point when you can get cell phones or two cell phones that you can see we need to take them down and we need to just see what's in front of us to experience it fully will you pray with me please lord we are so thankful for you and we're so thankful for your presence and your time with us may we not miss it by trying to build or capture a monument. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright friends, you can take your cell phones with you as you head on to Sunday School. Why doesn't everyone stand up? And you can all go with Miss Abby this way to Sunday School.
0: Well, Mayflower, this is a very, very special Sunday because Mayflower is growing. And we have a whole row here of new members to celebrate this morning. So if you would please come around. I'm going to introduce them to you. You might recognize the first guy. I'm not sure.
2: What do you
0: think? Oh, come on over here. We haven't done this in a while. So this is exciting, right? It's so exciting that Coffee Hour... uh, Will be a, will there will be a chance for you to meet them and greet them at coffee hour, and we have cake. So this is a real celebration this morning. So you might recognize this guy. Steve and Janet Armfield are becoming new members this morning. After ministry in many different churches, they have decided to make Mayflower their church home. Bruce Galloway, you might recognize Bruce. He's been a part of our community for a long time, very engaged in the men's Bible study, and he decided now to make it official. So he's a new member. And Mary Crane has a long history as a congregationalist and is excited to join our community. She and her husband, Frank, are part of the Cook Valley community here in Grand Rapids. And John and Alexandra, Alexandra is not here with us this morning, uh, but Hudson is, their baby, darling. Alexandra and John uh, moved here from Nashville. And this fall, they came for the first time and decided that they wanted to make Mayflower, their church home. Alexandra is a dancer with the Grand Rapids Ballet, because of an injury, she had to step in to rehearsal this morning and can't be with us. But we're very excited that we will be baptizing Hudson here shortly, so their family is welcome to the Mayflower family. And Leah Gearhart, at the end here in the green, she comes and worships with her mom, Jenny, and she's very excited to be part of the Mayflower family and raise her baby son, Harry in the Mayflower Children's Program. So welcome, welcome. We have a... Oh, let's clap! (laughs) They haven't answered the charge yet, but it is very exciting. (laughs) So I have some questions for you as new incoming members. These are the statements that are found in the bylaws, so, those of you who are members, I hope you remember your membership and can answer these questions as well. Will you live your day to day relationships according to the Spirit and teachings of Jesus Christ? Will you share and counsel with other members in the fellowship and programs of the Christian Church? Will you attend services of worship as regularly as possible? Will you promote in the world at large the welfare of the church by enthusiastic and loyal affection for its principles? Will you contribute toward the financial support of this church according to your ability? Wonderful. Now you have a confession of faith to read. It's printed in your bulletin if you'd like to read along. Wonderful. Now I'm going to invite all of you to stand and read in unison your response to these new members. We. And you can clap again if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Mayflower.
4: Last Wednesday afternoon I was with my wife and Janet said, Look, it's two twenty two on two twenty two twenty two Tuesday. Yeah, wow. A moment that irreplaceable, totally unique, called a palindrome. And I don't know, is it gonna be another thousand years You know, centuries before we'll ever be at a moment like that again. A unique moment. We've all had our wonderful and unique moments. Some of them truly amazing. Some of them give definition to our life. Have you ever had a moment so great that when you tried to describe it, it was just, it was just futile. Words couldn't be found. She was young, 14 years old. It was her first date and her first kiss. Far too young for her parents, but not for her friends. And her best friend said, tell me what was it like to kiss a boy? And she said, it was like, it was, it was like, Ah, I can't describe it. Do you remember your first kiss? I bet you do. Do you remember that moment when you held your firstborn in your arms? I mean, how do you describe that? The indescribable, ineffable. Those palindrome moments are found not only in you know the day-to-day life breakthrough in these astounding ways, but also in the realm of faith and spirit. But there's one thing about them. You can't freeze frame them. You can't uh, put them in a Tupperware, stick them in the freezer, and say, I'll get it out in a couple of days and reheat it and relive it. 2.22 on 2.22.22 is gone. It moves on. Now today, we're going to hear about an incredible moment. An incredible moment in time that points beyond time to the ineffable. Harper and Elizabeth are going to read the text. Listen carefully.
0: Today's reading comes from your Pew Bible, Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8, page 694. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah.
1: While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. The word of the Lord.
4: Thanks be to God. Thank you, Elizabeth and Harper. So this familiar text, this amazing moment, Let's make just three points. The first is, if you have a lot to say, try being quiet. It says in verse 3 that his clothes were dazzling white. One translator says, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. Now that word dazzling white, or however it is translated... Is found nowhere else in the New Testament. Some say whiter than than anything. Matthew in our text adds, and the face of him shone like the sun. Luke says, his clothes became bright as a flash of lightning. And the message paraphrased. His appearance was changed from the inside out. A glimpse of what God intends to do to us and in us. Years ago, back in the 50s, C.S. Lewis preached a sermon. He wasn't a preacher. He was a writer and teacher, but he preached one day at St. Mary's Church in Oxford, England. And uh, it was one of the great messages of the 20th century. He titled it, The Weight of Glory. The Weight of Glory. And what he meant by weight was something that we carry because of our neighbor's glory. Because of the glory of all of the people that we encounter and live with in our life that will one day be revealed. A few weeks ago we were looking at that text in Romans chapter 8 that says all the universe is standing on tiptoes straining to see the glory that will be revealed not in the world about, but in us, this glory that is going to be turned loose and revealed. Yesterday, I drove to Chicago and back to attend the funeral of a dear friend, Herb Hedstrom, a man who sat right beside me as I journeyed through a conflict with my previous denomination and and supported me and advocated for me in a marvelous way. And the text that was chosen by the speaker of the day was that text in Romans 8 about the glory to be revealed. And the statement made that in Christ we are moving toward pure beauty. Lewis in that message back in Oxford said that you have never met a mere mortal. Think about that. He said, civilizations are mortal. Movements and structures and everything around us is mortal. But not human beings. He said, if we would be able to see, to glimpse, the transcendent glory of our neighbor now, We would be strongly inclined to worship them. The glory to be revealed in us. Look around. Us ordinary people that we see, that we look at each other. But one day, transcendent glory will be revealed as we are shaped in the likeness of Jesus Christ Peter James and John who went up that mountain with Jesus they've been amazed at things that Jesus have done they have seen miraculous power but now they see unvarnished glory Jesus as it were has been in disguise wearing the rags of humanity Over the splendid robes of royalty. Peter, he just has to break the silence. And it's too bad. He says, you know, let's build something solid here. Something concrete. Go get some rocks. Let's make this space sacred. But no, Peter. Jesus is sacred. And he is not a monument. And the voice comes from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen. Listen to him. Sometimes we honor God best by saying nothing. So if you have a lot to say, consider being quiet. Secondly, if you want to build your life, experience the moment. Don't build a monument. Peter's request was, Rabbi, it's so good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. God says, don't do anything. Just be. Jesus didn't take the disciples up the mountain to build a monument. He took them up to build a relationship. And the commands, the imperatives of this passage are, listen to him. And in the end, Jesus speaks, get up. Do not be afraid. Those are words that demand trust. Relational words. We are called to live in the moment, not to worship the past. We cannot fossilize our religious experience. But Peter, that's what he does. He wants to fossilize the moment. Jesus wanted him to be transformed by the moment. If you have a lot to say, consider being quiet. And if you want to build your life, experience the moment, take it in. Don't build a monument. And then finally, if you want to see everything, if you want that big view that takes everybody and everything in. Look at Jesus only. It says in verse 8, Suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one any longer except Jesus. You know, on the mountain, there's so much to see. I mean, what do you look at? Do you look at Moses? Elijah? Jesus? Yeah? Do you look at Peter, James, and John? Do you look at the magnificent view, the vistas in the distance of Palestine? Do you look at the glaciers on Herman's Peaks? Well, there's Moses and Elijah and Jesus. So what are they talking about? You know, when you think about it, this is really the greatest theological gathering in history. Present, the law, Moses, the lawgiver. The prophets, Elijah, the Messiah, Jesus. I wonder, and did Moses say... You know, I I remember that time uh, on the mountain, I saw a burning bush. And I turned aside and I had a conversation with the great I Am, Yahweh. Elijah could say, you know, that was just one little burning bush. On the mountain, I confronted 4,000 prophets of Baal. And God sent down fire not to burn up a little bush. But to consume a water soaked sacrifice. No, that's that's not what they talked about. Luke, as he tells the story, in Luke nine, verse thirty one, said they, Moses, Elijah, Jesus, they appeared in glory, and they were speaking of his Jesus departure which was about to be accomplished at Jerusalem. Moses, Elijah, Jesus, the law, the prophets, Christ, all the best that God has ever revealed to His people. All of it was there. What were they talking about? About Jesus' death. There was a manifestation of His glory as never before. He literally glows before them. But the subject of the conversation is His deepest humiliation. With His head bathed in glory, His face shining like the sun, they talked of the day His head would be crowned with thorns with his garment glistening in celestial beauty, dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. They looked a few days ahead to when his garment would be gambled for by Roman soldiers. Lent is coming. Look at Jesus. See Jesus only. And what do you see? Omnipotence in bonds. The one who created life giving up his life. One minute he walks on water, the next he takes water and washes his disciples' feet. One minute he is executed on a cross, the next he rises from the dead. Jesus, the lion and the lamb, the one who has come and the one who is coming. Lent is on the horizon. Look at him. Look at Him only, and just maybe, by God's grace, you and I will have a transcendent moment to see Him in His glory and be transformed by His one.
3: In the Bible, there are four types of giving that we are called to do as people who love God and follow his ways. Tithing is the 10% of our income that we are to give. Offerings are different than tithings as it is what you give of your free will. It's up to you how much you want to give in offerings. The third type of giving that the Bible teaches us is on first fruits, which refers to the new blessings that you receive and offer to God, and then the fourth is alms giving, which is not commonly referred to these days. Alms offerings are for humankind. It's your compassion and sympathy that will lead you to give to the less fortunate and the needy. Alms are specifically called to be given in secret in order to protect the dignity of those who are in crisis, which is not always easy to do. All of these ways of giving are blessings to God and others. May we each give with a pure heart in ways that we are being led. Holy and loving God, thank you for directing us to give in many different ways. May our giving bless others and set our hearts on what is important in this life and our time to come with you in heaven. May our tithes, offerings, first fruits and alms be given with pure intentions and love for our brothers and sisters near and far. In Jesus name, amen.
0: You may be seated. It's time for a congregational prayer. It's been fun to, fun, literally, figuratively, fun to receive the prayer cards, to know what's on your hearts and specifically what you have praise for. That's the fun part. So someone handed a card in this morning that says, What a blessing it is to have Mayflower as a wonderful place to share peace and prayers for those less fortunate. So let's join our hearts together for our congregational prayer. I'd like to begin with a prayer written by uh, Jeff Chu. Um, that he posted. He's a writer who posted this prayer, and I'd like to begin with his words. Lord, for all who are vulnerable and afraid, for Ukraine's people, for trans kids and their families in Texas, for all suffering amid war and violence, for all who feel forgotten. Grant them courage, Lord, and strength, and the true peace of knowing that they are beloved. God, hear our prayers. For all who abuse their power, for those drunk on arrogance, for those who wield their strength with, with disregard for human dignity. For those inflamed by deceptive pride, O oh Lord, grant them humility, restraint, and the true peace of knowing that they are beloved. God hear our prayers. For all who feel overwhelmed, for those who want to do something yet feel powerless, for those trying to bear witness, for those who are flailing, grant them wisdom. Comfort that is not complacency, and the true peace of knowing that they are beloved. Lord, hear our prayers. Oh God, this morning we pray these words from Jeff as a reminder of our own belovedness. We offer you both our lament and our gratitude. We share our hearts of gratitude this morning for new members. May Mayflower be a catalyst in their lives for future growth and transformation. May we as a community surround them with love and grace. We offer gratitude for the pastoral search committee and the candidate they have identified. May the future of this church rest securely on your guidance. And Lord, we offer lament this morning for those suffering in the world. The weight the world is bearing now with war and violence, continuing conflict, We don't know what to do with that, Lord, but to give you our hearts in prayer. We also pray for those suffering in our own community. Grandmothers who are praying for their grandsons, Ezra and Jason. Mothers who are praying for sons in skiing accidents. Lord, those who are recovering from injuries, grant them healing. And those in our community who are undergoing treatment. Lord, we pray for the success of those treatments. We pray for restored health. We pray for peace in difficult times. And Lord, we pray for those who feel so far from you. We know you are there, fully present. Lord, may they feel your presence. And this morning, Lord, we are seeking you, and we do not want to be distracted. We don't want to miss these transcendent moments because we're busy building monuments. We seek to be a people who love you wholeheartedly and serve you with our lives. Oh, Lord, let us not miss what you have to show us. And as we sing this response, may we truly turn our eyes to you. In the light of your glory and grace, Lord, we pray the prayer Jesus taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation.
4: May God in His grace transform us. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. God calls us down from the mountain. May you go into your world. And may the glory of Jesus Christ shine through your life. Amen.